Come on in, guys, because it's time for Outwatch, a Survivor rewatch podcast. My name is Alex, your host and guide, and you have caught us here in our third episode of uh, Outwatch's fifth season, believe it or not, in which we are rewatching, recapping, and reacting to Survivor China, um, namely the second episode of this season titled My Mom is Going to Kill Me. And hopefully we, by the end of this podcast's no one's mom has killed any of us. That's all we can really hope for. If you are new to the Outwatch experience, let us remind you that the the hope of this program is that for you, Survivor viewers, whether you are watching a season for the first time, re-watching a previously loved or less loved season, or whether you are just wanting to ruminate and remember these past seasons, the Outwatch can be your audio companion to such an experience. Um, I am joined, as always, by three of my friends. Uh, they were once relative newcomers to the world of Survivor, but now they have watched four full seasons. And so, really, no longer are they newcomers. Um, let's, let's introduce you to the co-hosts to this wonderful program. Um, and since there is no score yet in Fantasy Survivor, we'll go by last season's, uh, uh, rankings. So, uh, first off, welcome to Outwatch, Adam. So good to be here. Uh, we love to start the show by answering a question here. And, uh, one of the, uh, the more enjoyable points of this episode, even though Ashley does go out in... Uh, tribal council at this episode she doesn't leave before scathing dave with this remark i'm voting for derek zoolander oh i need dave no sorry <laughs> calling dave derek zoolander everyone's favorite uh ridiculously good-looking model um and it it got me thinking folks if you which Ben Stiller character would you most like to see play in a season of Survivor? Uh, so my my initial answer is uh, White Goodman. Yes. Dodgeball. Uh-huh. Uh, but I, I think we already saw him in Kagayan in the form of. Uh, why can't I think of his name? The police officer. Tony. Tony, <laughs> nobody makes me bleed my own blood. <laughs> I mean, like, if anyone on Survivor was White Goodman, it's probably Tony. So, <laughs> and now he's a philosophizer. <laughs> White Goodman, it is. That was my first thought too. Probably a challenge beast. That White Goodman. He just gets so hyped up for everything. <laughs> Great social game. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> we should mate. We should date casually. <laughs> Real freaking naughty. <laughs> Man, I Emily watched that movie a lot of times <laughs> back in the day. Uh, Emily, welcome to Outwatch. Hey, thanks for having me. <laughs> Emily, it, which Ben Stiller character would you be most interested in seeing play Survivor? Um, yeah, so if you haven't picked up, I don't watch a lot of 
these comedies <laughs> from the early O's. Of movies. You can be movies. really specific and well, say I don't watch a lot of movies. I, I don't watch a lot of movies, but particularly missed out on this genre. However, I am watching or have watched Arrested Development in which he plays Tony Wonder. Yeah who is a magician, I think that would be super interesting because he could play, or no, he could perform illusions, as they say. Illusions, Michael. Um, yes. <laughs> during the, yes, I know that reference. During um, the challenges at camp, it would be very interesting. I'm it would also be fun to see him pop out of like bushes when people say wonder. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Did somebody say wonder? Yes. <laughs> Same. Same. <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of disappointed you chose Tony Wonder because that's who I was going to pick. <laughs> I would, oh, man. I love it. Would love to see Tony. And think of, you know, Tony Wonder's story in Arrested Development. Actually, Emily, is this spoilers? Have you watched the whole series? No, I've seen the whole thing. Okay. He, of course, you know, is famously gay mm -hmm. and then goes through conversion therapy and becomes a born again believer. Um, and is no longer gay. And I think that Survivor would have a lot of fun with that story. <laughs> oh, yikes. <laughs> go uh, get a lot of... Interested <laughs> development was wild. Yeah, it was. Yeah. I, yeah, I was just thinking, like, I watched it, but it's been years. We're re-watching it now, and we have not gotten to the full circle of Tony Wonder. But we're in, we're in the slog of season four. Yeah, mm -hmm. we are. That's the first like Netflix produced one, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And they, yeah. they remix the editing, and I don't think it's I think it's like as a first time watcher, well, like as like, oh, we're putting out season four and it's been like six years since the last season. Yeah. The remix makes more sense, but I don't think it's a better edit mm -hmm. if you're just watching them all straight through. Interesting. Yeah, I haven't anyway. seen it since they remixed it. Yeah. Not not about what this uh, <laughs> podcast is. So. Yeah, I would also love to just see like Tony Wonder and Joe because Joe is like in a couple of scenes he coughs up keys, and I would just love <laughs> for him to be doing challenges where they have to like find a key and kind of ignore that part and just go up and just start yakking. <laughs> that's good. Yeah, that's very good. Oh, Scott, welcome to Outwatch. Hello. Scott, if you could pick a Ben Stiller character to appear in Survivor, what would um who would you pick? Uh, so my first thought was White Goodman as well. Of course, um, but since that's been taken, I would probably go with Greg Gaylord Fokker. Yeah, <laughs> from Meet the Parents slash Meet the Fockers. Uh huh. And that's then, good. Yeah. How do you think he so, would fare in a season of Survivor, Scott? I don't know. I feel like he would start out like with good intentions and then somehow mess it up along the way. Yeah, I think I think he'd be the provider, man. Like you can milk anything with nipples. So that guy's probably like <laughs> <laughs> he's probably just out there like getting everybody food. It's even the most well-fed season of Survivor there is. <laughs> Did you say you can milk anything with nipples? Yeah, that's something that uh, that's from Meet, Meet the Fockers. I think it's from Meet, yeah. or Meet the Parents. Oh, man. Which one was the sequel? I'm less familiar with that one. <laughs> Meet the Fockers was sec the second one, I think. Okay, right? yeah, so it was from Meet the Parents. Yeah, yeah. which yeah. I know not because I've seen it, but just because I live in it. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. You guys took all the best ones, um, and so I'm going to go. Uh, he does do the voice of Alex the Lion from Madagascar. <laughs> that would really be an Alex, interesting twist <laughs> this season oh, yeah. on survivor 
it's the first time we've ever had a live lion <laughs> in the cast. <laughs> but he, you know, he still like talks as an, and as, you know, bipedal and all that. <laughs> They've done weirder things, so. <laughs> anyway, uh, I thought that, you know, good, good way to start out <laughs> the episode, ruminating on our favorite Ben Stiller characters. So this episode, we are talking about the second episode of Survivor China, just coming off our draft special. Uh, and this one's titled, My Mom is Going to Kill Me. Um, spoilers, there's a hot, fresh five points to Amanda Kilmill, uh, owned by Scott. So Ooh. there's there's an early lead for you for naming the episode. Swish. <laughs> this is the year. This is it. <laughs> All right. Before we get deep into this episode, what do you say we start by taking a walk down to tree mail and recalling what happened this episode? <laughs> Never going to get old. <laughs> this episode starts out with Dave and PG employing very different leadership styles on the Jean Hu tribe. Um, and on the other side of things, Amanda and Todd form a concrete alliance and pull in Aaron as the fall guy in their number three. Similarly, at the Fei Long tribe, Jean Robert, also known as, quote, the bad boy of poker, claims to be sandbagging for later when everyone else just thinks that he's lazy. At John Hu, tensions reach a boiling point, though no water does, because Dave has prioritized a full fire pit over getting the fire started and getting some food in people's stomachs, and he and Ashley argue over this. Did you guys catch my, my little reaching a boiling point, but no water reaches a boiling point? Thing yeah, there. It was, I see it was, what you did there. I liked it. It was it was good. I'm glad we circled back so we could really dive into it. Yeah, I just wanted to make sure that you guys caught it. Because <laughs> that's what water does. It boils. Yeah, well, it boils, and they like didn't they didn't do that. But you had to have fire for that, but right. they didn't have. Yeah, because Dave like wanted to build the whole fire pit first. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> At the reward challenge, we've got a big, heavy, physical mud soccer game for fishing gear. Faylong wins that. And then they kidnap Jamie in a twist reminiscent of Pearl Islands, where the winning tribe of the reward challenge gets to kidnap another member of the tribe to hang out with them for a while. But this time, Jamie gets a private message. Jean Hu returns to a flooded camp. And Jamie opens her note, and it's a clue to the Fei Long idol, which she must share with a Fei Long member. Um, shortly afterwards, Aaron and Jean Robert get in a little tussle right in front of Jamie, just just uh, verbal, not physical. And then Jamie decides to give the clue to Leslie because she appears to be the weakest member of the tribe. After receiving the clue, Leslie tells Todd about the clue as a way to gain trust with him. At the immunity challenge, we've got a battering ram, which turns into a puzzle challenge, which Fei Long wins, continuing their early dominance. And then back at John Hu, they've effectively got to choose between Ashley and Dave. Uh, Ashley makes the choice to wait until tribal council to really stump against Dave, and it turns out to be too late, as Ashley is voted out six votes to one, 
making her the second person voted out of Survivor China and the first person eliminated from our fantasy tribes. Scott, though, you get a boost from Amanda for worrying about her mom murdering her. You do lose your first member in Ashley. Yes, I do. Um, very, you know, let's continue with the Outwatch tradition here. We haven't seen a lot from this season yet or these players, but Scott, uh, why don't you give us your take on Ashley's game, um, and why it was that she ultimately was eliminated this episode? Yeah. So yeah, it's, it is early. Mostly I picked Ashley because I wanted to root for her to pile drive somebody in the mud reward challenge. Yeah. Um, but it. I kind of forgot about that upon watching the episode, but I think she did. They did show her doing her thing. Um, so that was cool. Um, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't, I kind of was on her side a little bit. I feel like Dave was kind of not being nice to her, but again, yeah. I mean, I don't know. We could question her social game, waiting till tribal council to try to like rally votes and stuff. Yeah. So maybe we're, I don't know, maybe, I mean, I think she had a really good potential to obviously be like a physical threat. Mm-hmm. Um, we just didn't really get to see like that aspect of her game really. Um, and yeah, it's just without the social game, kind of that mess up early on is kind of tough. So yeah, I don't know. It is what it is. Yeah. It does kind of feel like bad luck, right? That she and Dave bump heads and that, uh, you know, for whatever reason they deem Dave as somebody who's more, um, valuable to keep around from a challenge perspective than her, which, you know, who knows whether or not that proves to be true or not. But yeah, if like there's different people on the tribe or if for whatever reason, Dave Iyer's Iyer catches someone else, you know, maybe things go differently for her. Yeah, I almost thought Dave might go after um, the immunity challenge because he was definitely having a rough go of it. But yeah. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. So I, I really thought Dave had a chance to go home, but such so it is. Yeah. Um we're down we're down off the bat here. So uh just the just the way you like it, Scott. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh let let's start by uh, uh, like always, um talking about our headlines from this episode. Um each of y'all, what was the most entertaining or reactable portion? of this second episode of the season. Anybody got um, something burning that they want to get off their chest? Um, I was actually a big fan of the immunity challenge. Yeah, uh, me too. The, the, the ramming. Uh, I mean, and that was like a full like team effort to do. So it's not really leaving anybody out. Um, I also think that the puzzle log was super interesting because yeah. again, like, Kind of one person kind of has to take charge and everyone else has to help move everything. Um, so, yeah, I, I thought that was a really fun challenge. It was, you know, unfortunate for the Yellow Tribe, Jean Lu. Jean Lu. Jean Lu. Every I'm, time that he said that in these past couple of episodes, I thought he was talking about a player. <laughs> John. John. It sounded like yeah. John. I'm like, who's John? I'm like, oh no, no, no. It's That's Jean Robert's half brother. Is That's Jean? Honestly, like, That's what trips me up. Is I think he's going to start talking about Jean Robert, but he's not. Uh, yeah, I mean Jean Jean who definitely struggled with Dave. Um, kind of. I, I mean, not. I, I don't think he gave up. I think he just like was 
physically exhausted. He couldn't yeah, do anything anymore. Yeah, he looks like those marathoners who yeah. can't move their legs anymore. Mm-hmm. Like he looked like he was going to pass out. Um, which definitely calls in a question whether getting the full fire pit built or not was the right move. Right. Um, yeah. But Frosty also stepped up big time in that situation. So it was really cool to see that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, I, I really I enjoyed the challenge. I thought it also gave us some really interesting insight into like the dynamics of players on within their tribe too, sort of unintentionally. But yeah. Yeah, this was a really I like this challenge a lot. I wrote down that my favorite subset of survivor challenges are like utilities which become the puzzles themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, like this one, I also love the ones where it's like, oh, uh, you have to like gather these um like the ladder rungs and then the rungs are the puzzle, you know? Yeah. I just like the way that those feel. This challenge actually was ran in Kagiyan as well. So we watched it. This is the second time we've seen it. I thought it looked familiar, uh, yeah, but I, I thought the puzzle part looked familiar. I don't yeah. remember it being used as a battering ram, but yeah. Post yeah. Uh, the first immunity challenge post swap. This was the one. I don't okay. know if you remember, but um, the the tribe that was losing or the tribe that ended up winning was losing at first. And then they like switched Jeremiah and Spencer to the front and then they like came back and won. Yeah. I like really remember someone like yelling at people during the puzzle part of that. Yeah. But like authoritatively. Uh-huh. Like, Probably Spencer. Oh, we're back. <laughs> like, you know, that uh-huh. was great. <laughs> yeah. Uh the rest of you two, what was the the most noteworthy part of this episode for you? Um, I kind of mentioned this before we started, actually, but like the immunity idol location. Yeah. I was really perplexed by it. Um, So like, well, I'm assuming if it's where I'm thinking, um, it's like located right in the middle of camp, but like, um, like up on top of like this structure right in the middle. Mm -hmm. So like when we're getting, the people are getting clues to this. um, I'm just, I don't know. I'm intrigued at how they're going to pull it off without people knowing. Yeah. Yeah. They definitely like, they, use the camera to show you where the idol is you know it's like the the thing above the like door frame yeah thing leading into like the camp already yeah. there at camp mm-hmm. yeah so i don't know i'm intrigued so i think so yeah Le- leslie got the clue right correct yeah yeah so i'm in, but now and she that she told todd so i'm intrigued to like one if they can figure out because they kind of they got like a series of clues one if they can figure it out and two like if they can pull like pull off getting it without the rest of their tribe doing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's like a couple interesting things about this one being the, like the clue based hidden immunity idol stuff we haven't really seen yet. This is like an era where there are hidden immunity idols, but it's not just like, you know, Tony running through the jungle and finding one every other day, <laughs> you know, you like need the clues really to get them. And also it's not the only time that survivor does the kind of like hidden in plain sight sort of deal. Um, and I was going to ask what we think about to this point about this kind of like uh, the concept, right, of like there are hidden immunity idols, but you pretty much need to have access to a clue in order to find it, you know? I think I like the I think I kind of like it this way, like in Kagayan and some of the later episodes, like I think even Millennials versus Gen X, mm-hmm. I don't know, like. The way they edit it, it just makes it look like, oh, this person was 
out on a walk and they like tripped over it. Like, right. Like it's like, <laughs> I don't know. Like it does like, um, like it makes the gameplay more interesting, but also like, I, I like that it's a little more challenging and yeah. like not everybody has one and stuff. Mm-hmm. Emily, what was your uh, biggest moment from this episode? Um, I don't know if it was a particular moment, but a theme. Perfect. That was like, what is, how is this happening? Is in, I don't even remember what seasons, but I feel like very often we'll see, I may have said this in the last episode, but we'll see one of the tribes like get their ish together and like they've got fire and they're working together and they've got a rhythm and then they start winning challenges and the other tribe like they still haven't put their fire together and their shelter's a mess and they're losing every challenge and their morale is plummeting and they just can't get ahead it like takes forever and i was like are we gonna see this again and i feel like we're doing that like with the hmm. the tribe is it jean yeah jean who is yellow fei long is red yeah, yeah they just like you know, now they're finally getting their tribe and their shelter and their fire together and everything, but they're bickering and like they had a a really hard time at the challenges, especially mm-hmm. watching Dave, who's like breaking his back at camp to get it together and then he can't even do the challenges. And so I'm just Yeah. I, I guess I was just interested to see like why is this always happening? Like there's one tribe that just is killing it and one that's just failing miserably. Yeah. Um, so I was hoping that they wouldn't get into a downward spiral that they couldn't get out of. Did they ever eat? That was really bothering me. They never <laughs> showed if they actually ate anything. Adam and I, I think, had a moment where when they went into the immunity challenge, we were like, have they eaten, though? Right. Because they, they interviewed multiple people and they're like, we're starving out here. I'm like, I believe you. Have you eaten anything? Though? Like, I'm <laughs> right. really concerned. <laughs> yeah, it's a great question. Like, if they don't have boiling water, they can't make rice. Right. Right. And they don't have like the means there's not like coconuts in the middle of China. Right. Like and they don't have fishing gear. So it's like very likely. Yeah. Maybe they haven't eaten at all, which is wild. Yeah. And it's like there's no way you'll win a challenge. Like no wonder we saw Dave like lose his balance out there. Mm -hmm. Can't even eat rice. (laughs) Right. So I don't know. That was just a thing I was ruminating about. Yeah, totally. Okay, let's go ahead and and go through. I've got some questions for you here based on some of the the bigger things and also just other points to to bring up. Um, First of all, I had to bring attention to the the scene where Jean Robert is sleeping um, and people are complaining about it. And then it's cut along with um, footage of a monkey yawning in the trees. (laughs) I thought that was exceptional. (laughs) Um, I wanted to ask about this scene here early on. Like we've said, there's not a ton of strategy or at least explicit strategy at this point in the game. But one of the few scenes that we do get is one where Todd and Amanda here are solidifying an an alliance. And then they've also decided, you know, they talk through this and you see it on camera. They're going to bring in Aaron as the number three as almost like a shield for them. Right. Such that if something does go wrong, he'll be the more obvious target. I wanted to get your take on this whole, yeah, this whole sequence, um, this choice to align in this way and bring Aaron in and yeah, how, what you guys thought about all that. Um, it's wild that all three of them are on Scott's team. Yeah. A little sus. <laughs> I know. I was, 
I was so happy. <laughs> First three picks, huh? <laughs> yeah. Hey, that's true. Yep. Yep. I was really happy to see that. <laughs> I think this is an interesting. This is always such an interesting move because on the one hand, strategically, it's brilliant. Like you, you have the opportunity to push all the heat for your decisions onto someone else mm-hmm. and potentially keep the target off your back for a grip. But at the end of this season, if you are sitting in the final, you have to convince people that that was your plan the whole time. Yeah. I'm always like skeptical at people's ability to be persuasive in that. Mm. And not like, you know, like, cause you can just, you can tell people like, this is what happened and it might be the truth. But like, if people genuinely see Aaron as like the big bad leader of that, then why would you believe that? Like, oh no, he was a pawn the whole time. Yeah. I don't know. So I don't know. That's always like, and that's, I mean, with any strategy, you're either putting a bigger target on your back and making it more known. Like, yeah, I should win this. I get final or balancing that this way so Mm -hmm. it's always a balance Mm -hmm. but yeah i thought one of the interesting things about this scene was the way that todd and amanda seemed to be so like there was no pretense with what they were talking about right it wasn't like Mm -hmm. um yeah they weren't beating around the bush it was like hey do you just want to solidify this are we an alliance great okay we need a third let's make it aaron so that he's our fall guy okay great They, they weren't like feeling each other out there just seemed to be this um connection or like shared understanding that seems to be pretty rare on the show yeah scott since all of these people are on your tribe um what did you think about this team up um yeah i was a fan of it off the bat um kind of like adam said i'm intrigued to see like if it'll if it'll wind up blowing up in someone's face um, but I feel good because even if it does, like if they truly stay together, like if one person goes out and it's like, if they stay together long enough, like I feel good about it from a fantasy perspective, but I, I'm, I'm interested to see how, how they do, if it truly sticks around or not. Yeah. It's also interesting. Like, I'm just thinking about this now that their, their goal at this point is to get like a three and not like a majority of their tribe, right? There's eight people in their tribe you know you almost wonder if like don't you think you would want a fourth right or that could either be good or bad depending on how things go it just like i'm thinking about it now it's like okay you have an an alliance but it's the minority of the tribe maybe they think that like since aaron is the the leader they'll be able to rally numbers Mm -hmm. or i don't know yeah or even if they even thought about it it's also like a weird time for survivor where voting isn't as like you have the numbers or you don't it's it, it like we're definitely more into like i know who's gonna i have an idea of who's gonna go home going yeah. into tribal i was just thinking that like in the last season every single time i feel like in these episodes i was like i had no idea what to expect going uh-huh. to tribal yeah. and so far in this one i'm like it's this person or this person yeah yeah so we're definitely getting a little bit more focused in that but i think there's something to like there's us three and then we're all making relationships with other people. And like, we're not necessarily making a, you know, we're making a, a trust cluster with other people, but we're not making a, a voting block or, you know, whatever. Uh-huh. 
these people. Like, I think it's very, I don't know. I think there is something clever about it because then you don't have to sit there and worry about like, you know, there's five of us, but like I'm number five. So I'm going to go see what else is out there. It's, yeah. it's us three. There, you know, it's kind of, we're all kind of even, it's kind of hard to be at the bottom of the three, even if you actually are at the bottom of the three. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was just thinking about it, the way that like voting goes in Survivor or like in a season or an era of Survivor, right? I I thought about it. There's like three kind of ways, right? There's this way it or so it seems where it's like week by week they decide who the person being voted out is, but like your alliances are very important in determining that. So it's not like a there's like you were saying, it's not we have the numbers and you don't. OK, somebody who doesn't have it is going home. It's like it could be anyone. Based on, you know, challenge performance, et cetera, et cetera. And then there's the one that you brought up, right, where it's like, OK, it's five versus four. It's one of the fours. And it's that's going to happen until things are shaken up. And then there's like the chaos of the most recent seasons where it's like it could literally be anyone at any point And like alliances mean less. Right. I was just, I don't know, kind of like clarified for me the way that this is coming together, right? It's like, it really could be anyone at any week, but like, there's still like a handful of people that aren't going to vote for another, other group of people, you know? Yeah, there, there also just seems to be less like, there, there's not that much long-term strategy in these like early, early seasons of Survivor. Yeah. So like uh, Todd and Amanda coming together the way they did. Like that's, we would have seen like a ton of people pair up that way mm-hmm. in a newer season of Survivor. Right. You know, I mean, we literally in episode one have Dave of uh, the millennials versus Gen-, Gen X, like looking at people and shouting, I trust you. I trust you. Like episode one, like I trust you. Okay. Yeah. I trust you. <laughs> yeah, now, I did love. Side note: I did love that when the three of these people did get together, they were super calm and shook hands and they're like, "I trust you." Yeah. <laughs> and all I could do was trust you, I trust you. <laughs> um, but like, so it, this does like, as far as like people being strategic long term, like we have we have Todd and we have Amanda. Mm-hmm. Aaron is kind of strategic long-term, but not really. Mm-hmm. We don't see him in the same way that we see Todd and Amanda. And then we have Jean Robert, who's like, I'm playing a long game. I'm making myself look yeah. lazy. So that way down the road, you know, my effort counts for more, which right. is a long-term strategy. It's not like a, an alliance building strategy, but it's definitely a long-term strategy. Yeah. And on uh, Jean, who we don't really have, I mean, they're just so worried about getting their tribe. Mm-hmm operational that they don't none of them are thinking in terms of like who am i going to sit in the final two with right yeah so it yeah yeah i was just thinking that too like on the jean who's on the jean who side of things there's not like really any strategic stuff that we've gotten yet yeah it's people trying to survive you know vote by vote or literally not you know starving yeah Uh, Let's talk a little bit about this reward challenge. Don't need to a lot because I think we're all of the same mind where this isn't great. (laughs) This is the like uh, Jeff does get a lot of satisfaction out of pulling these giant levers and releasing the balls, though. Mm. You can like see it in his face. (laughs) 
Yeah, this is I, I said this before we recorded, but like we're kind of in an era where there's like a lot of this awkward, unnecessary physical challenge stuff. Um, which I don't know, maybe like TV and reality TV at this time, that was like a big deal. But now watching it, it's not like great. <laughs> it's really not fun. It just feels so painful. It hurts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I really honestly, when we were watching some episodes of this season, like just grimacing, I was like holding my breath. Mm-hmm. We were just like, this is not fun. Yeah. But you, you feel like people, and this is like, it's not like we're, to be clear to the audience, I don't think anyone would think this, but we're not like sitting here going like, well, this is too violent for television. Like it genuinely looks like someone's going to get seriously hurt. Yeah. The whole time. Because they have people like fighting on just like in a mud pit and then mm-hmm. they're like on wooden planks. I'm like, can we at least put a mat down? <laughs> like, yeah. Come on. <laughs> It well, really there, is. There, there are no rules, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> no, there there are rules for sure. There's some instances of this where Jeff gets really heated. He's like, no, you can't do that. <laughs> when people, you know, like try and choke people out and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, like it really is a, a surprise and like a miracle that in the history of Survivor, no one's been like really seriously, seriously hurt from yeah. something like this. Of course, people have been medevaced, but like everyone's fine. Yeah. Which, I mean, just speaks to the fact that it's scripted. So, you know. <laughs> oh, I've been waiting for a reason to pull this this clip and you've given it to me. Did you not hear what came out of my mouth? Did you, did you, not, did you not hear what came out of my mouth? <laughs> was that this episode? Yeah, it was. That's a tribal. I- yeah, I loved that. She was just like, "We need way more Sharia." I know. Yeah. <laughs> I love her because her tribe's a just a mess. And uh-huh. She's like, "Listen, this is not this hard. Just stop being ridiculous." Yeah, like we're all adults. She's a teacher too, so yeah. she's like, she's probably just sitting there, like, "I'm just right back in the classroom. Yeah. What's going yeah. on?" Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I have a feeling that that exact thing is is something that she has said to a student at some point. Did you not? the tone is so perfect (laughs) i also wanted to note that that reward challenge may be the most blurred uh challenge in the history of survivor yeah whoever the blur artist is for you know production really made their money's worth that day for that episode goodness there's been a lot of blurs I've noticed. Like yeah. even when they're just even when they're just standing at camp or whatever, like they're just blurred out. Yeah. Which I mean, I'm, I'd rather them be blurred than not blurred. But like, of course. But yeah, I, I, I think noticed I think, it more. I think this just speaks to the fact that they weren't given anything. Right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's um, a good point. Yeah. There was also you mentioned this. Uh, who was it? Was it Jean Robert who told Amanda to pull her top up? No, it was. Um, who's on her team? I think it was Aaron. Anyway, it was Aaron. Yeah, Aaron. But it was like as soon as Amanda wins uh, a point for mm-hmm. her team, and like then you know her her top has been pulled down, and uh, Aaron is like standing there, and like the only thing he says is Amanda, pull your top up. <laughs> and it was like, and then he says, "Great job." Yeah, and then he says, "Great job." Yeah. And it was like so, and that's when Amanda does the like, "My mom's gonna kill me." Right. Titular. 
Yeah. That was so. Yes. <laughs> I didn't mean to do that. Face, I'm like, that's the word you use. <laughs> it works on so many ways. Uh, but it was so like you mentioned this that it was so like big brotherly in this like we've had moments in. I mean, like we're comparing it to Amazon, of, like, of course, kind of right? Sexist thing, and like we get into this moment, and it's like Aaron's just like tops down gotta pull that up and it was just so like genuine and sweet like honestly. yeah just like yeah lots of teamwork i was like this is much different than maybe yeah the way amazon would have <laughs> <laughs> so that was cool yeah but yeah i think that was also something that we i mentioned is um i, I kind of hate these earlier seasons and Alex, I don't actually know if they do this anymore, but I feel like it, we've seen it more in the earlier seasons where they're like, surprise, you brought all this stuff, but throw it away. Cause you don't <laughs> yeah. get anything. And I hate that because it just feels so much more like everyone's just suffering. Yeah. And you know, they're doing these challenges and they're basically naked because they're just in their underwear and that's not helpful. And yeah. Yeah. And like, you know, um, they get Flint at the end of the first tribal council and it's like, dang, I wish that you could have started with that. It just sucks to watch him like mm -hmm. just, I don't know, drowning in this yeah. new environment. Which, what? I mean, that's like very, I guess if you're going to be a survivor, like, yes. Yeah. Do we know? It's painful. I, I feel like I remember like early, early, early seasons of Survivor, like back when I was a kid, where they would go to tribal and not get to take their torches back because they didn't have fire yet. Is that a thing that happened or am I just like, Making that's a great question that does ring a bell for me as well but i can't mm -hmm. confirm that okay. but it, it that does seem right i just like it's so wild to me that they like it's it was wild that they waited until they went to tribal the first time so i mean like they're out there for like two days before they get fire yeah like that's wild and i'm like yeah. trying to remember it. i feel like there were like seasons where it was like way longer than that even mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Like if you think back to that first episode, there's that scene where like in the middle of the night, everyone's like huddled together, standing up under their like small pagoda pergola situation, you know, and yeah, because they don't have fire or any way to keep warm. It would be actually miserable. Yeah, that's why I think we kind of came to the conclusion like this will be an interesting season. In maybe later episodes because right now we're just like oh like yeah <laughs> this is so terrible and there is like an element of that in you know like history of survivor right there's like a number of seasons which the weather is like really really bad and it totally does wow. like negatively impact the show because people aren't energetic they're not like doing fun things on camera nor do they have the energy to like look for idols or strategize or the freedom to do so because if they go outside the shelter they freeze you know like so there's like some seasons where they're kind of confined to their shelters more than others and it does like negatively impact things if i remember correctly i think the weather in this one's like not great but definitely not to the point of some of the worst ones that you know they're confined to their shelters and can't get out yeah, that's true. I mean, it's really wet so far. It is yeah, super wet. Yeah, because when they yeah. had the crazy ball challenge and then they came back to camp, they were mentioning it was mm -hmm. like they had just dumped the ocean in their camp. Yeah. But I forgot what season were we watching where they had to like be helicoptered out or whatever. That was Millennials Gen mm -hmm. Was it? Yep. Yeah. It was the night one. Wow. Uh, let's talk about this kidnapping a little bit. Um, 
we saw this, we said this earlier on, we saw this in Pearl Islands, um, and it makes its return here in Survivor China. What do you guys think about the return of the kidnapping mechanic? I, I don't know if we said this while we were recording or previously, but um, some of y'all didn't even remember this happened in Pearl <laughs> Island, so obviously it was not that impactful. What do you think about it returning? Yeah, I was one who forgot about it. Uh, I think we all did. Yeah, we all forgot about it. Wasn't everyone? But I thought it was interesting because now I, I remember now because like in Pearl Islands, it was like they got to go and like steal stuff from their camp in front of them, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I like this a little bit better, um, at least for the person that got kidnapped, because I feel like if you got chosen to be kidnapped, you're just put like in this horrible position. Like you're going to piss off like the tribe that kidnapped you. And then also if you don't steal anything, like you're going to take your, like make your own tribe mad. So I liked it from like that aspect. Um, you got to like, got to do like the advantage or whatever. So I thought that was cool, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. This happened. Remember Rupert was kidnapped at one point too. Um, And then he was like, Jeff was like, all right, you can either stay with the Morgan tribe or you can go back to Drake. And he's already on the Drake map like, yeah. because he loves his tribe so much. Because it's his pirate adventure. Yeah. I guess now that I'm looking at this, that was the only kidnapping. The other times, like when Sandra right. goes to the other beach, it was like a voluntary, like the other tribe doesn't pick someone. You pick someone to go over there. You go. Yeah, you go over there to steal something. Yeah. Yeah. Now that you say that, uh, I remember it. Yeah, because it was a yeah, it was a very different dynamic. Because everyone was so mad just watching him take. Something. Yeah, when <laughs> it was like they would like hide things too because they didn't want them to find it mm-hmm. or you know. Yeah, I I don't know. I there's there's a part of me that feels like in a there's a part of me that feels like in a high strategy season of Survivor, the kidnapping thing would be fascinating mm-hmm. because you have to figure out how to work around that because when you go over to the other tribe, there's like this question of like, are you still going to be loyal to us? Yeah. So have, uh, like, Hey, uh, uh, I can't think of the term, like an alliance that's really, uh, solid. Then you can come back and be like, all right, these are the people I think that we can sway to be on our side. I've like laid the groundwork this way, you know, whatever, whatever. So I, I think that it's a really fascinating concept. I think that in these early seasons where there's like no strategy, and people don't seem to like I mean it's kind of a disadvantage to the team that kidnaps the person because you know you're you're kind of you you can try to influence the person you did kidnap but also they're getting a lot of information about your tribe so yeah I don't know it's not like 100% good for either side ah. <laughs> yeah I think that it's like at least in this episode, it plays out fairly interestingly, right? In that Jamie gets to witness like a spat between Jean Robert and Aaron, and she's like, oh, this is useful information, which they always say this. And I, then I always wonder, like, in what context? Like, mm. oh, these two don't like each other. Like, cool. <laughs> Good to know. <laughs> um, but then also it gives her enough information to deem that like Leslie is a an a weak member of the tribe to whom she can give the clue and it not blow back in her face. Um, and I wanted to ask that question too, of what you thought about that reasoning and that selection um, of her to share the clue with Leslie, who ultimately does share it with Todd and you get a fun confessional from him where he's like, 
why would she do this? <laughs> um, so, yeah, I just wanted to ask you about that as well. What were your takes on the the clue um, divulging and the who it was given to? I was wondering, I don't feel like we got a good sense of like why Leslie was chosen. I just don't think we got to see enough of their interactions. Maybe we did like. Maybe she was just like, oh, she seems really nice. Yeah. You know, I think that's probably the the insinuation. You know, she's yeah. like a sweet, nice lady. Yeah. Yeah, it was really interesting that she chose to immediately share it because I got to thinking and I was like, we've talked on this podcast before about how um, having an immunity idol. It's like actually rare when you get to use it well. Mm hmm. And so I was thinking, like, is it actually not beneficial or is it actually beneficial for her to share this clue and kind of use this idol with somebody else? Because I don't know what that could look like, but I know that it's not like people who get an idol by themselves get to use it perfectly every time. Mm -hmm. It was just an interesting scenario. Yeah. Yeah, she definitely uses it as a way to attempt to get closer to Todd. Yeah. And yeah, I think that for some players, maybe that is a good thing. It like works and proves your loyalty to someone. And for other players, maybe like Todd, uh, from what he tells us, it's more like a you're stupid for doing this. <laughs> right. I was going to say Todd was not the person to share it with because he was, was his gonna, reaction yeah. was clear. That's that's the thing. Is yeah. She just chose to share it with the wrong person. Yeah. But it got me thinking like wonder if it would be helpful to partner up especially because this idol is bananas like yeah. it does not look like an idol she's gonna need a whole team to help her find it totally yeah, yeah. when we we've talked about idols a lot on the podcast like if you are trying to use an idol in a vacuum it's really hard to use it correctly you need to have other people who know what's happening on the tribe to know that it should be played on me or it should be played on someone else in order to actually use it effectively mm -hmm. So I, I don't know. I think that like bringing someone in like, yeah, that makes sense. But also like. She definitely brought in the wrong person, like she brought in the snake in the grass, mm -hmm. but like he's such a good snake in the grass that no one knows he's a snake in the grass yet. Yeah. Yeah. Last thing I wanted to ask here before we move on to our goats and participation trophies is uh, Ashley's kind of like big choice here at the end of the episode is to wait until tribal council to kind of like put the target back on Derek or at least to like make a case or not. Sorry, not Derek. I was reading Derek Zoolander <laughs> <laughs> on Dave slash Derek Zoolander. Um, or at least, you know, like making the case against him. And ultimately, she goes home unanimously here. I wonder what you. I, I like find this idea interesting, right? And that and her reasoning made sense. And she said, like, I don't want to be the person who's running around acting crazy at tribal council, trying to get everyone to vote with me and then, like, turn them off to do so. So I'm going to wait until tribal and make my case there. I think that's an that's a logical choice. But I think maybe she just misunderstood the way that, like, Survivor works. Right. And that, like, people really aren't changing their mind at tribal very often. So 
anyway, I just wanted to talk about this and, and get your your guys's take on this decision as well. Um, Scott was there. Yeah, what did you think about this decision? Um, I was like, yeah, I kind of get I get where she was coming from, but yeah, I, I for every episode of Survivor we've like watched, I feel like you know after the immunity challenge, the losing tribe, you go back to camp and then you start scrambling. Um, and I feel like that's when like the vote is decided. Like you said, like nobody really changes their mind at tribal very often. Um, and it, I feel like it would have been a better time because, you know, you're at camp, you see Dave, you know, being, you know, arguing with her kind of being, you know, leader, you know, his leadership skills, you could use that against him at that moment. Yeah. Um, so I feel like that would, that would have been the play. I feel like that she would have definitely had a better shot because then she could use that kind of emotional, kind of emotional plea to people as it's happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I don't know. It's such a weird, like, I, I don't know why they chose Ashley over Dave. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I like understand, I guess, like they're in conflict and we need to get rid of one of them. So we're keeping Dave. I don't understand why the choice is Dave then. Yeah. Um, like, I, I just fully don't understand the decision. And I think I would feel the same way if they got rid of Dave. I'd probably understand it a little bit more. Like, mm-hmm. he's creating more conflict from the way the show is being edited. But it, it just it felt like there was no real reason for either one of them at the end of the day beyond they're in conflict and that's bad yeah. for our track. Um, yeah. I, I don't know. I, I don't know how you do this better than how she did it. Uh, you, the only thing you can really do is while you're at tribal making your case is you need other people behind you mm-hmm. like making the case. So it looks like, Oh, there are a lot more people who think this than just Ashley. Cause obviously Ashley thinks this, but like, yeah. you know, if, uh, like, and Sharia spoke up too, but if <laughs> and she was like beaten else. up about voting her out too, right? She was like crying when yeah. Ashley was voted out. And Ashley is like Sharia's only friend. Like she says in tribal, she's the only person whose last name she knows on yeah. that tribe. You know, so like it, it's just it, it sucks for her in particular. But yeah, I I don't know. I don't know how you do it better than the way she really did it. Honestly, I can't fault her move. Yeah. Yeah, I I really do think she had a good f- train of thought. I like left this tribal though thinking like it really seemed like there was some way out, right? Because it it felt like people didn't want to vote out Derek or I keep calling Dave Derek. <laughs> Derek Derek Zoolander. People didn't want to vote out Derek Zoolander. Or people did want to vote him out, but they just felt like either the the tide was just going against Ashley, so they had to get on board, or even though they would prefer to have Dave voted out, what's best for the tribe is to keep him for his, I don't know, probably incessant work around camp, which is probably more substantial than what Ashley's bringing to the table, right? But it, yeah. it felt like people had people would rather have had Dave go. Right. And so I wonder if just like a few well-placed like you get with Sharia, you get with Jamie, you get with Eric, you know, and you say, hey, like, let's just vote for Dave or whatever. It really felt like there was a window there um, 
that maybe she missed out on by waiting until tribal. But again, like, I think that the logic made sense, right? Like, you, how many times have we seen other people, like, freaking out before tribal, and then everyone's like, let's just vote them out, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So. Um, okay, let's move on to our goats and our participation trophies. This is a new, newer updated segment. Each person is going to give one goat point. That's for a greatest of all time goat, of course. And one participation trophy to the best player of the episode and the player who maybe did the least to um, move their game down the field, so to speak. Um, Adam, would you care to give us your goat? Um, I, 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 there's no one that stands out to me. <laughs> <I'm being totally laughs> uh, I, I, I know, so, so you don't steal mine because I've actually thought about it. Yeah, go for it. Is that okay, Alex? Please. Okay, I'm going to pick Frosty. Frosty. the first thing I thought about mm. was he took Dave's or Derek's spot in the front of the little ramming, what's it called? Yeah, the battery, battery ram. ram. The battery ram. Yeah, so he was like quick to act to help his tribe. I thought that was pretty cool. Um, are we doing both or should I wait? Sure, for my sure. I, I've still been figuring out if I want to do them back to back, but let's do that. So give okay. us your participation trophy, too. Uh, it's going to go to Jean Robert because ah. he was like, I'm going to be lazy because then when I'm not lazy, people will like me. I was like, buddy, <laughs> that's the worst strategy I've ever heard. Yeah, it's not great. So Jean Robert picks. racking up the participation trophies to this point. Uh, Adam, are you prepared? Yeah. Um. I think I think I'm going to give it to Amanda. Uh, she she won the first big point for her team in the reward challenge. Yeah, she teamed up with Todd, but she also is approaching him more like an equal. Like she is really strategic and smart. I feel like we saw a lot from her. I think she's going to do really well in the game. Um, and this is kind of laying that groundwork for her. So. All right. Okay. What about your participation trophy? Leslie. Leslie, that's a big nope for Leslie. <laughs> I get it. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I think that she uh, she had the potential to hold on to a clue for the hidden immunity idol. Um, decided to give it to Todd, which is the worst person on that tribe she could have given it to. <laughs> um, I agree that Jean Robert is a very great choice, but I feel like Leslie did... Uh, about as much damage to her game as she yeah. could have done in that moment. <laughs> yeah, that's a good pick too. Scott. All right. So my goat, um, I'm going to go ahead and give it to Todd. 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 Todd Herzog. <laughs> what about uh, if, how would you say that as a Bostonian? Uh, Todd. Is that it? Todd Horzog. Todd. <laughs> again, if anybody from the East Coast is listening, they're probably like scratching and pulling their hair out. That's a wicked good accent. Is it? Because you sound a little bit not Boston. Help us. Anyway. It's a bad accent. I'm bad at accents. Yeah, you are. Don't even play. Let's get back to the show. <laughs> I think anybody from like 
the Northeast just turned off the podcast. Yeah, they're probably like, <laughs> this is the worst podcast. Like, ah, F these guys, yeah. <laughs> I'm walking here. <yeah. laughs> oh. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> uh, who's your participation trophy uh go to, Scott? Um I'm gonna give mine to Jean Jean Robert as well. Yeah. Um, because he just kind of like he's just yeah, <laughs> for all the reasons already said. Tough uh tough start for Jean Robert. Yeah. Um I do go ahead. I was gonna say it's a it's kind of a bold strategy to make people think you're lazy. Yeah. Early game. It is a, a very <laughs> Jean Robert's out here. He's like, listen, I'm a bad boy of poker and I'm known for wild moves like this, like sleeping in camp all day so that. But that's my strategy. Yeah, like the mental gymnastics you had to go through to like make that sound good. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I think I have to give my goat to Todd as well. Not only does he solidify that alliance and bring in Aaron as well. He gets the clue to the idol. Seems like he makes a lot of ground that way. Um, and I'm actually going to give my participation trophy to Dave. He does survive this episode, but I think it's pretty clear that his tribe is sick of him, even if they do enjoy his work around camp. So I don't think there's necessarily a very well-paved road for him going forward. Okay, let's take a look at our fantasy scores. Like we said off the bat, um, Scott gets an extra five points from Amanda Kimmel this episode for naming it, but does get a whopping zero out of Ashley um, because she is voted out. Everybody uh, on the Fei Long tribe is going to net a total of 10 points, who is not Ashley because everybody else voted for her. And everyone, sorry, everyone on the Jean Hu tribe is going to get you 10 points. Other than Ashley and everyone on the Fei Long tribe is going to get you 15. So because of that, um, Adam's Buddha boys tribe has one more um, Fei Long member than Emily's. And Scott also has three gained five from Amanda, but zero from Ashley. Long story short. Adam's Buddha Boys tribe with a very early, very slim lead of 65 points to Emily's Les Jouets, hey. uh, 60 points, and Scott's yet unnamed tribe also with 60 points. Scott, has inspiration struck for a tribe name? It has. It has. Ooh. Can't it has wait. nothing to do with Survivor. Um, so my wife and I have started to watch the show Community. Yes. Um so let's start trying podcast instead honestly can we just <laughs> yeah <laughs> right, let's go to community um but we will be the human beings tribe yes. <laughs> that's funny named for the greendale community college human beings emily i don't Equal know if you <laughs> i don't know if you did this intentionally but when you said that's funny you did sound like shirley <laughs> <laughs> oh you're right that was not on purpose <laughs> we yeah i was Jen and I started that show a while back and then we got to the writer's strike season and we can't get through it. Oh, you got to my parents. You got to push through season four. It's just season five and six are the two best seasons. in the Really? Series. Yeah. 
like okay. season season two is incredible like there is nothing like it that happened on television but season five and six are so good okay yeah I'll, i read I'll like push the first then. three are good and then it kind of goes down yeah season four is they refer to it as a gas leak year <laughs> bad bad season yeah why is it that we're also watching lost and season four of lost is also the writer's strike season well community's bigger issue is that dan Harmon, dave Harmon, dan Harmon, dan. dan Harmon was fired from the show right for season four so the people mm. they brought in to redo it like they do a really hollow and emotionless impression of the show and then mm. They bring him back for season five and six, and it's just it's beautiful. Oh, good. I didn't know that he came back. Yeah, that's good. It's, it's seriously like the season. The series finale um, has probably one of the best monologues on television that's like ever happened. Wow. It's so good. Adam's not a fan I, of this show. This might be the greatest <laughs> television show in the history of TV. I'm he just... hasn't watched it four times. <laughs> we'll get past. back to it then for sure. <laughs> Okay, next time on Outwatch, we will be re-watching, recapping, and reacting to the next episode of Survivor China, the third one titled, I Lost Two Hands and Possibly a Shoulder. Make sure to subscribe to our feed here wherever you are listening now. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Outwatch Podcast. Drop us a line at outwatchpodcast at gmail.com. Answer our listener questions um our opening episode questions rather or give us an idea for your own um and make sure that you're yeah following along as we continue our journey through survivor china we'll see you next time